Welcome to Beaver Tracks, a damn good podcast, bringing you inside the world of OSU admissions and providing you with a behind the scenes look at what goes on in Beaver Nation. I'm Heather Wolford, the Senior Assistant Director of Multicultural Recruitment. And I'm Amanda Price, Assistant Director of Resident Recruitment. Thanks for tuning in. We asked our admissions advisors, what are some common questions you receive when working with families and students? And not surprisingly, one of the biggest themes was, how do I pay for college? How much will it cost to go to OSU? What will I get in financial aid? The financial aid process can definitely be very overwhelming for students thinking about how am I going to pay for college? There's a lot to be considering and it can get confusing and pretty stressful. So today we brought in an expert to provide us with some answers and some advice. So our special guest today is the director of financial aid at Oregon State, Keith Robb. Welcome to Beaver Tracks, Keith. Are you super excited to be on our show? I am excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Heather and Amanda. We're so glad to have you, Keith. So the first question we like to ask our guests, where is your favorite place to get a warm beverage on campus? You know, OSU has a really beautiful campus. We have, we have a number of campuses. I happen to be on the Corvallis campus and it is just a, a beautiful place, really fun place to be. One of my favorite buildings on campus is the Memorial Union. It's got a really classic university feel. It's a beautiful building. You see lots of different students, lots of different people. And in the Memorial Building, there is the Java Stop. It's a great little coffee, coffee shop. Uh, it's even got some outdoor tables that you can sit and uh, enjoy a beautiful spring and summer and fall in Corvallis. Uh, it's probably my favorite spot. I have to agree with you. I do love the Memorial Union. It totally has that classic academia feel and the outdoor patio is so cool. I feel like a lot of schools, you don't get to go sit in those spaces, but at OSU you actually get to. And so it's super fun to be able to look out over the quad and see what events are happening and, and really just feel like that sense of place while you're at Oregon State. Totally agree. It's also got, um, during the winter, it's got a nice big area where it's got a couple of fireplaces. Um, students can come and sit and relax, maybe take a nap. Um, and they often have um, cultural events, uh, some music going on in there. So it's a really great place to just kind of gather, take a break, see what's going on around campus and have some fun. Keith, I think it's interesting for students to know how some people end up in their positions because as a young child, we don't see a lot of people dressing up to be a director of financial aid or a director of admissions. So when Noah Buckley was on here, who is our director of admissions, we asked him, how did you end up in this position? So can you tell us a little bit about your career path and how you ended up being at Oregon State as the director of financial aid? Yeah, so many years ago, I graduated from college with a bachelor's in political science, kind of started out my working career in insurance, did that for about five years and enjoyed that, but um, decided I wanted something new. So I went back to college, got my MBA, um, eventually got a job at a community college as an institutional researcher. And every time I would say that that's what my job was, people would kind of look at me funny and say, what is that? Forget dressing up as the director of financial aid for Halloween. I'm going to dress up as an institutional researcher. <laughs> what would that even entail? You have a bunch of spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so institutional research, um, like lots of different jobs at, at many different institutions, 
there are, there are many different types of things, but it is essentially business analysis, reporting, um, pulling a lot of data and trying to figure out how you can um, help your students be more successful. I was at the community college for about 11 years, had a few different jobs, including as the director of financial aid and director of admissions there. Eventually that brought me over here to OSU. I've been at OSU for four years now, uh, first as the director of scholarships and now as the director of financial aid. And we're your favorite of the places you've worked, obviously. With, without doubt, that goes without saying. Keith, in your experience, what is one of the biggest misconceptions about financial aid? You know, there are a lot of misconceptions about financial aid. Um, probably the biggest one, uh, I guess maybe there are two, but they're pretty closely related. Um, and that is that financial aid is going to automatically pay your entire bill at your institution and that only free money counts as financial aid. And when people say free money, usually what they're talking about are grants and scholarships. And those are definitely a part of financial aid. But financial aid also includes work aid. So there's federal work study where students might get a part-time job on campus and uh, earn some money towards paying for college. And then there's federal student loans. And loans are absolutely a big portion of the aid that's offered to students um, and an important way that many of our students pay for college. I think that's a really um, good point to bring up because I know Amanda and I talk with a lot of families who say they're not going to fill out um, the FAFSA because they don't think they're going to qualify for anything. And what they're thinking about are those need-based grants, but really there's a lot that they may be qualifying for and they might miss out on because they don't submit something for financial aid each year. That's right, Heather. Um, all students can qualify for some form of federal student aid. That is often in the form of a federal student loan, but connected to that, another reason for doing your FAFSA is that most scholarships also want you to do a FAFSA. Not that you have to be uh, to qualify for grant aid or something like that, but scholarships like to see that students have done that part of the process too, have gone through that. Um, and so applying for scholarships, applying for federal student aid kind of goes hand in hand. And a lot like admissions, I think that financial aid can be a little bit of a mystery to prospective students and families. Um, they, they know it exists, but they don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. And that can be uh, a little confusing or cause it to be a little more overwhelming. So can you give us a quick overview of how financial aid works? So what exactly happens after they fill out FAFSA? Yeah, so student aid, like you mentioned, really starts with filling out a FAFSA or a free application for federal student aid. And you do that online. That application is really a chance for the federal government to, to gather some data and to evaluate how much need or how much assistance a student and a family needs uh, to pay for college. The answers that you put on your FAFSA will go to the colleges that you ask for it to go to. So when you're filling out the FAFSA, you get a chance to say, please send my information to these colleges. And we hope that you'll have it sent to OSU as one of those schools. Um, we will take that information and we will 
put together a package of aid for you that will uh, that might include grants, scholarships, work, study, and loans. And through putting together that package, we hope that we'll be able to come up with enough aid that will enable you to come to OSU and be a successful student. As we get into a few more details around financial aid, you'll do that FAFSA or that free application for federal student aid. And then we might ask you to provide some additional documentation. Now, you may have heard of a process called verification, and that's what we're talking about there. Sometimes the federal government will ask us to go ahead and confirm some of your answers on your FAFSA. That process called verification is where we will reach back out to you by email through your OSU email account. So make sure that you're checking that email and that you're watching for emails from the financial aid department. Because if you get an email from us, it means that we need something from you. So make sure you open that. We will tell you what we need from you. That might be a copy of a tax document. It might be asking you to fill out a form that we've put together. But we make it pretty easy for you to go ahead and do that. You can fill all of that stuff out online. You can submit it back to us online. And the process is, is relatively straightforward and easy. But part of that is that we are here to help you. Right? If you have any questions, any concerns, aren't quite sure what to do, please email us or call us. We want to connect with you. We want to help you with that. Even if it's you're starting to fill out the FAFSA and you're not sure what to do, we are more than happy to help you do that too. Give us a call. We'll walk you through that. We're, we'd even set up a Zoom call with you if, if you need kind of face-to-face, -face, if you will, in, in today's COVID world, face-to-face -face over Zoom, we can walk you through that and help answer any questions you have. But once you, once you finish that process, we will, in March, start sending out what we call financial aid offers. That will be in the form of a physical letter and an email to your OSU email account. And it will tell you, it will give you an estimate of what it's gonna cost at OSU, what types of aid you're going to get and how you might pay for college. And kind of on that subject, when they receive that letter or email, how do students evaluate their financial aid offer? What are the types of things they should know and look for and what tips can you give them for reading through that offer? That's a really great question, Amanda. So it's really important that you, you look at those financial aid offers from all of the institutions that you're getting, well, that you're applying to. Um, all of those financial aid offers should include a few different elements. One, it should have clearly stated how much they estimate it will cost you to attend that institution. That's called your cost of attendance. Then it should separate out gift aid so that aid that we talked about before of grants and scholarships, aid that you don't have to pay back. It should identify work aid and loan aid. So you should be able to clearly see what types of aid am I getting and how much is it going to cost me after each of those types of aid. So at OSU, what we do is at the top, we give you a clear estimate of what we think it will cost you to attend OSU. Now that is not your bill, right? That is not 
what you have to write us a check for. What it is, is it's just, these are the types of expenses you're going to encounter at OSU. Some of the, those expenses are going to vary, but this is an estimate. Then we give you all of the different types of grant and scholarship aid that you're going to receive from OSU. We then give you what's, what's left over, right? So you've got your estimate, you've got your gift aid, then we've got what's left over. That is the number that you want to compare across institutions. That's the number that you're either going to have to pay or take out types of aid that you're likely going to have to pay back. So that's the number you can compare across institutions at OSU. We then tell you how much work aid we have for you, how much loan aid we have for you, and then we give you some options. If there is a gap left over after those different types of aid, we give you some ideas of how you might make up that gap. For some students, there is no gap um, and you're ready to go. For others, that might include working over the summer and saving some money to help pay for school or uh, other options that'll help you, help you finish making up that gap and paying for college. So Keith, I'm sure this year especially, we'll see students who are getting their financial aid offer and their situation has changed drastically from um, when they submitted their FAFSA application, whether it's for COVID or their parent losing a job for another reason. So if a student gets that and their situation has changed, what steps can they take to make sure that their aid package is really reflecting their current financial situation? Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, Many students and their families, as they're doing the FAFSA, they're going to notice that they're actually asking for information from a couple of years ago. So in financial aid terms, we call that prior prior year, which is an odd way of just saying we use your tax information from two years ago. Many families are going to be sitting there saying, wait a second. I've had huge changes in my life since then. I know I used to have this really good job, but that's not our case now. At OSU, we have a process called a special conditions appeal. Um, other institutions will sometimes call that the special circumstances appeal, but it's really just a process for a family or a student to reach out to us and say, hey, I did my FAFSA, but my circumstances have changed significantly examples of what those might be. Obviously, in today's world, COVID has changed the lives of many students and their families. So if you've had a big change due to COVID, that's an example. Other examples might be that you've lost a job for another reason, or maybe there's been a divorce or some other major change in your family situation. What we would ask you to do is go ahead and give our office a call. One of our financial aid advisors We'll talk with you, talk a little bit about your specific circumstances, see if it seems to be a circumstance that would, that would have a big impact on your financial aid offer. We'll then send you the appeal form and document for you to turn out. You'll get a chance to tell us what specifically changed in your life, maybe provide some documentation. Uh, maybe, maybe your taxes from one year ago are more reflective of what your current situation is. So that would be an example of where you could provide some additional documentation to us. We would then reevaluate your financial aid offer, send you a new one, 
again in the form of a letter and an email, and that will often result in a student being eligible for additional grant aid. So a Pell Grant, uh, Supplemental Educational Opportunities Grant, or some additional work aid for a student. Well, definitely a lot of changes with COVID, but are there any other new updates people should know about financial aid? Yeah, so if you're an incoming student, we hope to see you for the next four years. One of the things that you want to keep in mind is that you need to do your FAFSA every year. And uh, over the next couple of years, as you do that FAFSA every kind of Thanksgiving, Christmas time, you're going to see in the next couple of years that the form actually gets quite a bit easier. They're going to make the form shorter and they're going to increase the data that's exchanged between the IRS and the Department of Education. And as they do that, we hope that that documentation that sometimes we ask you for in the process of verification, that there will be a lot less of that. And if we're lucky, that whole process will actually go away. So the form gets shorter, it gets easier, and hopefully there will be less to do uh, with the school after you fill out the FAFSA. Keith, remember the good old days when everyone had to fill out their FAFSA on paper? <laughs> Amanda, she <laughs> <you> remembers. <laughs> I, I definitely remember those days. I even remember standing in line to register for classes on paper with a little checkbox. And we would go through a line, we'd get up there, we'd try to register, find out the class was full, we'd have to go back to the end of the line, stand in line, look through the catalog for another class, wait, try to get back up there and do that process over and over until we actually got into enough classes. Yes, I do remember those very thick and heavy course catalog books where you just scour through it, kind of fun, but also overwhelming. So students these days don't understand. They just yeah, but Heather, as, as you're saying, the FAFSA, right? It was paper. It's now electronic, right? You want to make sure to do the electronic version. In theory, you can still get a paper FAFSA, but you do not want to do that. <laughs> do it online. Um, it's got some really great skip logic to it. So depending on how you answer questions, there are a bunch of questions you'll just never see. So make sure you do that online. And if you are an Oregon student, and maybe you are an undocumented student or a DACA student um, or something of that nature where you're not eligible to fill out the FAFSA. The state of Oregon has some, some really great um, aid for you. There is an application called the ORSA that undocumented and DACA students can fill out. There are some requirements around how long you've been in Oregon and those types of things but it is similar to the FAFSA and will help you qualify for state-based aid, um, the Oregon Opportunity Grant. There are scholarships that you can apply for at the state level. And then specific to OSU, if you fill out an ORSA, that will help you qualify for OSU scholarships um, that your college or department might offer um, that have a need component to them. So that will give you some, give the, the department or the college some information about your ability to pay. And then 
be able to offer you some scholarships um, based on that ORSA application. So that's a really great option for students who can't fill out the FAFSA. I think we're moving on to our advice section of the, the podcast here. One of my biggest pieces of advice for financial aid is to remember what FAFSA means, free application for student aid. So if you go online and they're asking you to pay to fill out the FAFSA, you may want to double check the website that you're on because you definitely should not pay to apply for FAFSA. So that's definitely a piece of advice I have. Keith, any advice remaining that you want to give for our audience or Amanda, any advice for navigating the financial aid process? That's great advice, Heather. Don't ever pay to fill out the FAFSA and don't pay to have somebody help you. We are here to help you. We will do it for free and we will, we will help you do the best job you can do. So some general advice. One, start early, right? FAFSA opens up October 1st, go ahead and get started, but at least by Christmas break, make sure that you've filled out your FAFSA. Again, every year that you wanna to go to school, the next year, make sure you fill out your FAFSA. Watch your email. Your OSU email is how we are going to communicate with you. Make sure you're watching for emails from us. If you get an email, um, make sure to open it and, and do what it asks, right? We are emailing you because we need some of that documentation from you for that process that we called verification. It can feel a little bit overwhelming sometimes. If it does, give us a call. We are available to you Monday through Friday. It is the favorite part of our financial aid advisors jobs is the opportunity to speak with students, to help them overcome any challenges they're having and to help them get the aid that they need so that they can come and be a successful student. The other thing I might stress is take some time and fill out scholarship applications. Many of you are likely working some sort of part-time job or working over the summer. Getting just $1,000 scholarship is essentially like working an extra month, right? Make sure that you're taking an hour or two to really write that essay well, apply for scholarships. We even have this fantastic system. It's called Scholar Dollars. Um, all incoming students can apply for scholarships there. It has OSU scholarships, and it even has outside or what we call third-party scholarships from non-OSU scholarship providers. So make sure that you do your FAFSA, go into Scholar Dollars, apply for scholarships, um, and then get yourself ready to come to OSU. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Keith. And I just want to echo everything you just said. The best part about your office is how helpful that you are and how easy it is to talk and communicate with you. So again, from an outsider's perspective, please contact the financial aid if you do have any questions at all. Well, that's a wrap for this podcast. Join us next time to find out more about what's going on in Beaver Nation. It'll be a damn good time. Keith, can we get a go, Beavs, to sign off for the night? Absolutely. How about all three of us? One, two, three, go, go Beavs! Beavs.